At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and we've got three great hours for you as we're going to be taking a look at, yes, we actually have live college basketball action right now because somehow, someway, we wound up getting this Arizona State versus UCLA game to not one, not two, but three overtimes in the game that does not want to seem to end, so we'll be hitting that here in a second. We had an absolutely insane day of college basketball. In total, 151 games. Some big, some small, some medium. We'll take a look at where the money was made, where the money was lost, and just things to take a look at moving forward because there's no money to be made on the games that have already went final on Saturday, but there is value in taking a look at some of the trends that we are noticing in college basketball, some of the teams that have been profitable, some of the teams that, well, they've been coming up snake eyes for you, so... We're going to be taking a look at that, and we're also going to be taking a little bit of a look at the NBA, taking a look at the Sunday college basketball cards. So we've got a great three hours for you as we've right now got this UCLA versus Arizona State game, and oh, very nearly we wound up getting a fourth overtime. There was a miss on the second free throw from UCLA. They got the rebound. They actually got off a three-point shot with about two seconds left, but it comes up begging. 87 to 84. Arizona State gets a win over UCLA. A top five team winds up going down. I wound up seeing this on the ESPN broadcast. This is the first time since NC State lost to Canisius in 1956 that a top five team lost a road game in three overtimes or more. Whoever wound up doing that research, you deserve a gold star and a raise because I'm sure that there aren't too many people I remember where they were when Kanisha's wound up knocking off NC State in three overtimes over 50 years ago. So that's just absolutely terrific. But I mean, that's sort of a footnote as to what we wound up seeing in college basketball today. You didn't necessarily see a whole bunch of absolutely bonkers upsets like what we wound up just seeing with Arizona State, a team that has been Oh, we're just going to call it what it is. Completely awful this year. Winding up knocking off UCLA. And boy, for anyone that was high on UCLA, that is a little bit of a bummer. But I mean, you just take a look at what we wound up getting in the top 25 today. And you wound up having things just be all jumbled up and all over the place. You wound up having Auburn barely, I mean, barely knocking off a Georgia team that Wound up losing to Gardner-Webb on their home floor earlier this year. Now, Auburn was a little bit shorthanded in this game, but that was a 74-72 to result. Really, the only 
team that looked, I would say, super dominant out of everything right now, that'd be Gonzaga. And right now, I've got Gonzaga as my number one power-ranked team. And really, when it comes down to the hierarchy of college basketball, you've got a lot of teams that are able to contend for the title. Because we all remember last year, it was Gonzaga number one, it was Baylor number two, and that everyone else was just miles and miles apart. That is not the case this season. I do have Gonzaga as my number one team, and this was an absolute cruise job by them. 90-57 to 57 as they have been dump-trucking everyone out there in the WCC. I believe that they've scored at least 88 points in every one of their games in conference play thus far, aside from that game against San Francisco. But I just take a look at this BYU team, and boy, they were a team that they were looking very solid for being able to get an NCAA tournament bid just a few weeks ago, and now they are 5-5 five and five in the West Coast Conference. But Gonzaga, they certainly did their part. They looked very solid in that one. But, I mean, you take a look at the hierarchy of college basketball right now. Like I mentioned, Gonzaga is a team that I've got number one. But Gonzaga is, I would say, within two and a half points of all these teams I'm going to list off right now. Auburn, they wound up having a little bit of a tough go of it. But they certainly deserve to be, at very minimum, a top seven team in all of college basketball, if not a top five team. I would say that the Houston Cougars deserve to be in this sort of discussion as well. You know what you're going to be able to get on the glass for this team. I know that there are injuries to Trey Mark, Marcus Sasser. They are not going to be playing the rest of the season, but it's still a team that is relatively deep. They're looking relatively solid. They're a team that I'm going to be putting into this fold. How about Duke? They wind up knocking off North Carolina in very convincing fashion. Granted, a very down North Carolina team, but still, you wind up going on the road, you go to Chapel, you wind up just completely dominating that game from start to finish. That says something. I mean, Duke, they already lost on their home floor to Miami, but this is a team that they knocked off Gonzaga earlier this year, so certainly they're capable of being able to do that once again. Purdue, you've got a team that in Kempom, they're right around 100th with regards to defensive efficiency, but this offense can hang with anyone. They get a combined 16 rebounds per game out of Zach Eady, along with Travion Williams. I do think that they deserve to be in this fold as well. Arizona, a team that ranks in the top 25 in terms of points scored and points allowed on a per-possession basis. They certainly deserve to be in this one. I would say perhaps the biggest threat right now, a team that I put in my top five, and honestly, I think that they could make a case for the top three. That'd be Kentucky. They go on the road and they knock off Alabama by a count of 66 of 55. I mean, Alabama shooting three of 30 from three-point range. That's something in and of itself, but... I, I really like what I'm seeing out of this Kentucky team right now. They came into the week in the AP poll at number five. Honestly, I have no disagreements there. I think that they're looking very, very solid right now. They're not a team that I would necessarily put in this tier, but I would say that a team that you maybe would be putting more around 10th that has a good chance of being able to make a run is Texas Tech. I recognize the fact that they've got five losses, but you take a look at the Texas Tech team. They have been really, really solid all season long. They've been dealing with injuries to guys like Terrence Shannon. You wind up having Kevin McCullough out for a few games as well. When this team is fully healthy, this team is one of the best teams in all of college basketball. I certainly think that they deserve a little bit of kudos. We're able to put Kansas into this fold as well. I recognize that Kansas has had their shortcomings as well, but this team is fully healthy. They're a team that on any given night, they can knock off Darnie or anyone in college basketball. Baylor is another team that I put in there. They need to get healthy, though. If they don't wind up having LJ Cryer, we wound up seeing what wound up happening at the Fog today. They wound up getting completely blown out. So you've got a lot of different teams that are jockeying for positioning. 
Illinois is a team that I know that some of you guys have thrown out me on Twitter at GNR41 as perhaps being in the top tier. I would say that they're the best of the next. I would put Illinois right around 10th in all of college basketball right now. They had themselves a relatively quality win on the road against Indiana as well. And you want something that is all sorts of jumbled up. Teams not named Purdue out there in the Big Ten. Good luck trying to parse through this. I mean, you had a Wisconsin team that they wound up playing a first half against Penn State that was 18 to 13. Myself being a native from the great state of Wisconsin and a lot of people and a lot of text chains that were not happy about that first half. I I thought it was terrific. I, I had the under, so I was very happy about how that wound up going. That was hilarious, but man, you've got yourself a lot of teams that are just below Gonzaga, in my opinion. And like I said, the difference between pretty much one through we're going to call it nine right now. It's about two and a half points of college basketball. I feel like this is the most open NCAA tournament that we've had in a very long time. And if you take a look at the futures board with regards to college basketball, I personally do not wind up taking any futures. If anything, I always encourage the money line rollover sort of tactic where you wind up putting one unit at the start of the NCAA tournament on the team that you think is going to be able to win it all. You keep on just rolling it over, rolling it over because for one, especially with COVID still being a thing right now. Fortunately, things have been really dying down with that because that's just another thing that you have to deal with. But who knows if you wind up having a guy test positive at just the wrong time. That's just absolutely terrible. Nobody wants to be dealing with that. And for two, a lot of times you could actually get a little bit of a better payout with that. Like if you wind up doing this with the Cincinnati Bengals, for instance, to be able to win the AFC, you got a much better payout just keeping on rolling over your money because the Bengals were an underdog in darn near every single one of the games that they wanted playing aside from that game against the Raiders. So you were able to get much better odds on them to be able to win the AFC. And heck, if you wind up doing that through the Super Bowl, you're still getting better odds now because they're an underdog in this game. You're able to get right around like a plus 160 money line, whereas the differential between them being able to win the AFC as opposed to them being able to win the Super Bowl was pretty much equal. But you take a look at the odds board right now in college basketball right now, Gonzaga is your favorite at six to one, even though, like I said, I think that they're the top team in all of college basketball. I wound up mentioning that they're within like two and a half points of darn near eight or nine different teams. There's no value there. Auburn being at nine to one seems a little bit too short to me. Purdue at 11 to one. We have not seen a team in the outside the top 20 in Kempom win the NCAA tournament in darn near 20 years. So that's a little bit of an issue. You've got Duke at 10 to 1. I like this Duke team. Duke should not be 10 to 1, in my opinion. You got Kentucky at 14 to 1. And that's really the first team that I would start to entertain on this board because this is really the first differential that winds up coming through Kansas and Baylor at 12 to 1 until they wind up getting things straightened out, until we wind up knowing what's happening with their backcourt issues. There's just really no value there. UCLA has just tumbled down the board to 18 to 1 after their loss to Arizona State, but you really want to have an 18 to 1 future sticking on a team that just lost to Arizona State in a triple overtime slobber knocker. I don't think so. If you're looking for the teams that do have a little bit more of a shot that are, I guess you call it not in a air quotes here, long shots. I've just mentioned them a little bit earlier. Texas Tech at 30 to one, I think might be worth a little bit of a flyer right now, just because I do think that Texas Tech is a team that they've got all the goods. They're going to be able to get themselves a good seed if they do wind up continuing to take care of business out there in the Big 12. The Big 12, in my opinion, is the best conference in all of college basketball. So you're going to have the potential of those quad one, quad two wins. And when you just take a look at things in general, there's a lot of teams that they just shouldn't even be registering on the board that are south of 100 to one right now. 
here's what I mean. North Carolina is 60-1. Do you want? Do you have any faith that North Carolina is going to win the national title game? I certainly don't think so. Florida State's at 71. You've got Michigan at 70-1. to Oregon is at 70-1. to Indiana's at 80-1. to So there's not really a bunch of good numbers out there, in my opinion. And there's nothing wrong with not having any future tickets and just gauging this game by game because there's a lot of money to be made by just taking a look in general at the landscape of things, being able to break this down, being able to not have your money tied up long term. And it is one of these years in which we could wind up seeing a seven seed and eight seed be able to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. And when it comes to making a deep run for your bankroll, there are a lot of teams doing that. We're going to take a look at some of the most profitable teams in college basketball next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, Esports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. on VSN, the sports betting network. Do you have questions about betting the big game? Wondering about how to hedge? Maybe you're looking for some unusual props or insights from one, one of our hosts. The VSN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at vsin.com/superbowl and it could be answered by our on-air experts at vsin.com as it is a great Peterson experience right here on Vsin, the Sports Bank Network and no doubt at this time next week it is going to be all about Super Bowl mode. We're going to have just wall-to-wall coverage of the big game. It is going to be absolutely insane to see what we're going to be getting this year because every single year the big game winds up delivering a lot of excitement and winds up delivering just a lot of ways to be able to make you money just like college basketball does as well there is i can tell you right now no better opportunity to be able to find some winners on the board rather than having 151 games to be able to pick from like we wound up having today and sometimes the most profitable things are a little bit of a fade you take a look at what we've been seeing in conference playing college basketball right now Here's what all these teams have in common. Miami of Ohio, Nevada, Alabama, Loyal Chicago, Marshall, Loyal Marymount, Morgan State. What do these teams have in common? They've all covered approximately one game in conference this year. I think that that might surprise quite a few people. Alabama's been just a big giant money burner for you right now. We wound up seeing it against Kentucky. Why they wound up getting bet up to a favorite? I'm sure many of you guys are asking that question. I'm asking myself that question. 
I gladly took being able to reduce the juice on Kentucky in the game that we wound up seeing on Saturday, 66 of 55. Alabama, once again, couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat, and they wind up falling to 1-8 and eight against the spread in SEC play. Loyola Chicago is an interesting example. They're actually going to be playing a relative pick'em game on Sunday. We're going to be hitting upon that game a little bit later on here in the show as they're going to be playing against a solid Missouri State team, but I tell you right now, I have not been impressed by Loyola Chicago, so I'm going to be looking at Missouri State if... They are pretty much any sort of a pick and price. Even if they're a slight favorite, I'm going to be siding with Missouri State because I feel like Loyal Chicago wound up coming in a little bit overhyped. And I think that that's such a big thing when it comes to college basketball as well. Always remembering that you are not betting teams. You are betting numbers. Just because you wind up liking a team like a Loyal Chicago, just because you do think that an Alabama is good, doesn't mean that you're you should be willing to lay any number with them because it is all about the number that you wind up getting. You could think that Team X is absolutely terrible, but I mean, if Team X is catching 15 points at a spot that they should not be, I, you've got a little bit of value there. Like a San Jose State, for instance, they're out there in the Mountain West. They were north of a 20-point underdog today, once again against Boise State. Do they wind up winning the game outright? Heck no, but once again, they were a 20-point underdog. And once again, they were able to get there on the cover. 76 to 60 was the final. Wasn't anything sexy, but they were just mispriced by a couple of points because you got a Boise State team that they're one of the slowest teams at all of college basketball. Asking them to cover 22 points is like asking a more up-tempo team like an Alabama, like a Arizona, to be able to cover more like a 30-point line when you just take a look at the actual efficiency numbers themselves if you wind up getting a normal possession game for them. So you always want to be keeping those sorts of things in mind, but you'll end up having also one of your other big money burners this season winding up just coming up completely St. Kaiser in this one, or should I say they wound up giving you a big giant X. That would be Xavier. They are now 2-9 and nine against the spread in Big East play. They wind up losing outright to the DePaul team that was without their top scorer in Javon Freeman, Liberty. And let me tell you right now, when it comes to the Big East, it has been one of the more interesting conferences in all of college basketball. DePaul wins outright as a 14-point underdog. And DePaul, give them a little bit of credit. They're 2-9 and nine in conference play, but they've actually been a little bit of an improved team. A lot of these losses have come without Javon Freeman, Liberty. But when it comes to Xavier... I don't have any faith in this team right now. It's a team that I was never necessarily in on because there's just one of those teams that they don't necessarily do anything great. And when things aren't necessarily solid across the board for them, things wind up just going down the tubes. And we've been seeing that with Xavier, like another team that's an example of that is who I mentioned a little bit earlier, Loyal Chicago. We're going to be diving into that game against Missouri State a little bit later on in the show. But I mean, that's another team that I feel like is very suspect. You've got a couple other teams that they've just been losing you a lot of money all season long, and they just have not necessarily been able to get right in general. Like a team like Louisville, this is a very obvious fade because they are now with an interim coaching regime. You've got a lot of things that have just went wrong in general for this Louisville team out there in the ACC. And if you can make anything out of the ACC that is not named Duke, well, I wish you good luck because, I mean, it's been really strange to be able to take a look at that. It looked like Miami might be the top contender to our good friends, Duke, and they wind up losing to Virginia earlier today. But you take a look at this Louisville team, they wind up getting completely clobbered by a, we're going to call it what it is, bad Syracuse team by kind of 92 to 69. Wake Forest, they're probably going to be your number two team out there in the ACC. They're the best team, in my opinion, to 
Duke right now as they wind up going on the road. They knock off Florida State by a count of 68 to 60. So I can give credit where credit is due. They've been relatively rock solid, but this has been the worst I've ever seen the ACC before in my life. This is a 15-team conference that they might wind up with two teams in the NCAA tournament, and, and Notre Dame might wind up being that team that winds up making the NCAA tournament along with Duke. I mean, that's where we're trending right now, but when it comes to other teams that just have not been able to get the job done, West Virginia, another case in point of this, they were up at the half against Texas Tech. Texas Tech goes on the road. They win. They cover right around five and a half to six, depending upon your closing number. Once again, I mean, a very impressive performance by Texas Tech, a Texas Tech team that if you're looking at conference teams, this has been one of the best ones at being able to make you money in all of college basketball. They're nine and one against the spread in the big 12. You want to be taking note of a team like Texas Tech that perhaps they're not getting the love on the market that you would think that they are because Mark Adams winds up coming in for Chris Beard. A lot of people, they attribute Chris Beard for all the success that Texas Tech had. If you take a look at Chris Beard though, against Kempom top 40 teams in his last few years at Texas Tech after they wound up making that national title run in 2019, was batting right around 33% straight up in those against the spread, certainly below 500 there. And Texas Tech, they've really been able to turn over a new leaf. How about a team like Marquette? They have been able to go 10-2 against the spread in Big East play thus far this season, a team that they wound up having a little bit of an off day today. But you have a Marquette team that, once again, they wound up starting out a little bit slow. They've really been able to pick it up ever since then. And they're a team that has been able to yield you a lot of money. And you always want to be trying to say ahead of these trends as well, because typically as the season winds up going along, a team like Marquette, they do wind up getting figured out. The bookmakers wind up catching up to these teams. And then all of a sudden, things wind up going downward a little bit more. I mean, we've seen that with Iowa State. Now, Iowa State, it didn't matter what the number would have been preseason to now, because Iowa State, well, they wind up getting bludgeoned by Texas today. They wind up losing that game by darn near 20 points. But you do want to be sort of taking note of, okay, what team has really been overachieving? Where's the number at right now? Because there are teams that they just wind up keeping it rolling. Oregon State last year, a prime example of that. A team that, if I remember correctly, they had covered 12 out of their last 13 games to end the season. You just figured at some point they would wind up having a little bit of letdown. That never wound up happening. And I'll say, bookmakers, they continue to be like two or three points short of what you'd expect that team to be because there just wasn't really much of an adjustment that was made on Oregon State throughout, and you were able to just continue to cash tickets. And other teams that you want to be taking a look at that could be really good options as well are teams that they've been relatively tight on the line, but maybe the results just have not been going their way. You wind up having a team be a calamity of late game fouling, and then you wind up seeing them maybe take a little bit of a turn for the better. And we've seen a little bit of that with regards to a team like a St. Mary's. St. Mary's was okay out of conference with regards to being able to cover spreads. Now they're 5-1 one and 1 against the spread because they're just bulldozing teams. You tell that they were a little bit undervalued coming into West Coast Conference play. They've been able to get the job done time and time again. Gonzaga is a team that obviously it wasn't necessarily fortunate as to why they were a little bit unprofitable against the spread in non-conference play. But you can tell that right now they're on another level until you wind up seeing a big adjustment. You probably want to be taking some of these Gonzaga spreads. You wind up seeing them playing between 13 and 13 and after night against a BYU team that we're going to just call it like it is. BYU has been terrible in conference. I mean, they have been just cataclysmically bad. So, a lot of this, when it comes to taking a look at these teams in college basketball, you're sort of trying to balance 
what you wound up expecting during the preseason. You want to be taking a look at where they are right now, and you also want to be taking a look at some of these past results as well. And that leads me to just saying that every single game is its own living, breathing entity as well, because how you wind up gauging this is a little bit more different because there are some teams that they're going through injuries, that injury like we wound up seeing with Andre Corbello, for, ex- for instance, with Illinois. I didn't feel like that wound up hurting them at all. Meanwhile, if you wind up taking away, we'll throw out there Johnny Davis of Wisconsin, completely different team because we've actually seen them twice this year without him. They wound up very nearly losing on their home floor to Nichols, and they wound up losing outright to Providence. As we have found out, solid Providence team, but still an outright loss at the Coles Center, a game in which if Johnny Davis is out there, they most likely win. So I do think that it is so important to be melding so many different things together when it comes to taking a look at college basketball and taking a look at some of these trends. I do think is going to be able to help you be profitable moving forward. And something else that is profitable, Maybe fading some of these teams in the NBA that had some high expectations coming up next. We're going to be taking a look at that futures board and telling you where the value is not going to be had, for lack of a better term. That's up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You know that VEASAN is is the best place to be able to get betting insights for the big game. And right now, you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. You're able to visit it at VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl to be able to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football game in terms of betting action of the year. That is VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson, and we spent the first two segments Taking a look at college basketball, I have no fear. We're going to be breaking down all the games on what is going to be a rather small slate of college basketball on Sunday, but you've got a lot that is going to be had with regards to some very good Mountain West action. Also, the Metro Atlantic. I think that that is a conference that goes a little bit under the radar. We're going to be giving you guys picks and analysis on all those games, so have no fear there. But how about if we turn our attention now for this segment to the Guys that wind up making all the millions out there in the NBA. And it's just stunning to take a look at the futures board right now because the same team that has been atop of it all season long, they still are despite the fact that they've shown no reason why they should be the betting favorite. That would be the Brooklyn Nets. Currently at DraftKings, you're finding them at 3-1. to one. Gold State Warriors is the team that I've been really looking at. You've got them currently at plus 475 at DraftKings. If you're looking at BetMGM, they're more like a plus 450. So you always want to be shopping around for the best number when it comes to a lot of these odds. Because right now, BetMGM, they've got the Suns at 7-1. You're seeing them at 5-1 over at DraftKings. The Miami Heat, for instance, they're 14-1 at BetMGM right now. Lakers are at 14 to one. If you're looking at BetMGM, if you're looking at DraftKings, you're finding them at 19 to one. Either way, you're going to be lighting your money on fire because the Lakers should not even be close to 20 to one right now. So you got that going on, and then you got the 76ers who are finding themselves at 18 to one at BetMGM. A place like DraftKings right now having them at 13 to one. Meanwhile, you've got other teams that you're going to be able to find better slash worse numbers on depending on where you look, but. I mean, the fact that we are seeing the Brooklyn Nets still be the betting favorites to me makes absolutely no sense. Now, when it comes to Kevin Durant being out of the fold, no question. That has led to a little bit of the spiral that we've seen with the Brooklyn Nets. But even when he was in the fold, when you take a look at them, you don't 
I haven't sat there and said, yes, this looks like an absolutely amazing team because I feel like something that winds up getting lost in all of this, and it's really for all forms of basketball. It can be for your son's like middle school basketball team. It can be the Olympics. I mean, we've seen it time and time again when it comes to the Olympics. It can be college basketball. This goes on and on. Chemistry still matters. And with the Brooklyn Nets, because all these guys were brought together and all these guys, for some reason or another, have not been able to get out there on the floor with Kyrie Irving. It's because right now he's a part-time player. For Kevin Durant, it's been injury. James Harden, he might wind up going elsewhere when it's all said and done before even the end of the season because these guys have not been able to get out there on the floor. And if James Harden gets traded, well, you've got a whole bunch of new pieces. This team has never been able to get on the same page. And right now, they just look completely lost and rudderless. They've lost seven straight games. And the defense, quite frankly, it's a shell of what it's been in past years as well. I mean, you're taking a look at the Brooklyn Nets, and you're obviously going to be counting on top flight offense with guys like Kyrie Irving in road games. James Harden, list goes on and on. But you still need a morsel of defense to be able to win an NBA title. We've seen that just throughout the years. And right now, you've got absolutely none of that with the Brooklyn Nets, especially when Kevin Durant has been off the floor. And even if you do wind up having the Brooklyn Nets looking to form a little bit more how much faith do you have in these three guys being able to stay healthy as well? You hate to bring it up, but I mean, Kevin Durant is a guy that just has not been able to stay healthy the last few years. That is an issue for this team. Kyrie Irving, he wound up going down at the least opportune time humanly possible in that series against the Milwaukee Bucks last season. So I do think that you've got a lot of issues when it comes to this Brooklyn Nets team. And I mean, past your big three, you really don't have a lot of depth. Patty Mills is right now one of the biggest contributors for this Brooklyn Nets team. When you wind up having any of your big three off the floor, they've been looking to other guys to be able to pick it up. Nick Claxton has wound up missing half the year. When he's been out there, he's been solid. When he's not been out there, that's been an issue. Lamarcus Aldridge looked like his career was just pretty much done and buried. They brought him back. Now he's dealing with more injuries as well. So it's a Brooklyn Nets team that they've got a lot of old guys. Now it's not as bad as the LA Lakers. Whoever thought that this LA Lakers roster was good and whoever thinks that 20 to one or better is, or 20 to one or shorter is good value. I have no idea what to tell you because I mean, this is a Lakers team that is built to win a game of NBA 2K13 and nothing else. You've got a whole bunch of selfish guys and a bunch of guys that they really don't knock down three pointers all coming together. And you're just hoping and praying that you're able to get a little bit of outside shooting with regards to the team. And it's just not happening for them. I mean, the Lakers are right now dead bet to be able to win the title. No team going into Christmas with a record of 500 or worse has ever won the title. And the Lakers were exactly that. And the Lakers haven't been able to pick it up ever since then. I mean, the Lakers wound up going on like a three-game run. I think it was like three or four weeks ago. And everyone was saying, oh, the Lakers are back. No, that was just LeBron James going off, having himself a really nice heater. And past that, you haven't been able to get anything else for the team. LeBron James is certainly solid, but his body is starting to fail him as well. And he's having to do a little bit of everything. The load management is now getting to him as well. I mean, why should we have any faith whatsoever that the LA Lakers are going to be able to take over and they're going to be able to have himself a nice run because you take a look at the pieces that are around LeBron James and they've never been winning pieces to start with. I mean, how many times didn't Carmelo Anthony's teams when he was the head honcho of the team 
wind up just completely flailing out. I mean, we remember all those scenes with the Denver Nuggets. I always called Carmelo Anthony the black hole because the ball would always go to him and it would never be coming out. So, I mean, that was just absolutely terrific. I mean, Russell Westbrook is able to put up nice numbers, but how many times have we seen a team headlined by Russell Westbrook be able to make a deep run in the playoffs? And, oh, by the way, that, that situation is just great right now. So, right now you've got yourself a guy in Russell Westbrook that can hit the broadside of a barn with regards to his jump shot. You've got just a team in general that is flailing into the abyss. I mean, shout out to the Lakers. They were able to get a win tonight against the New York Knicks, who they've been a nice disappointment for you this year as well. But I just take a look at this Lakers team, and I would say that they're probably better off if they wind up losing some of these guys like a Russell Westbrook. I mean, you did take a look at a guy like a Malik Monk tonight. I thought that that was the best signing that the Lakers wanted making this offseason. He wanted going off for 29 points. He's able to give you a little bit of outside shooting. He's a guy that is able to do a good job of being able to play a role. Just because you wind up getting in these guys that they have these gaudy numbers does not mean that they're necessarily going to mesh together. I mean, case in point, I do, as you guys know, more college basketball rather than the NBA. And when it comes to the transfer portal, just because you're bringing in a whole bunch of guys that wind up having good numbers at their respective colleges doesn't mean that they're going to be able to buy into what you are selling. I mean, case in point, Texas. Texas is a team that wanted coming into the season with high aspirations, a top five slash top 10 team. And they wound up finding themselves entering into last week unranked. They're probably going to be finding themselves back into the top 25 when things wind up coming out this week, I would think, because they wound up being able to get a nice win over Iowa State. But you take a look at that Texas team, just because they were all the headliners when they were at, like, for Timmy Allen, Utah, for the for Marcus Carr while he was at Minnesota, list goes on and on. Just because they were able to have nice numbers there doesn't mean that they're going to be willing to accept a lesser role at a new place. And we're seeing that be a prime example here with the Lakers and with the Lakers as well. You just have a team in which it's sort of misfit parts. Yeah, Russell Westbrook is great when he's got the ball in his hands, but you now have to have LeBron James get enough touches to feel happy. You need to have Anthony Davis be able to have enough touches to also feel like he's included as well. And that's just not in the game of Russell Westbrook. And you're taking a look at a team that is relying upon guys like Austin Reeves, who I will say he's been able to step up for the team. He's been able to do a relatively solid job, but I mean, these are the guys that right now are the biggest cogs for the team because they actually play a role and they're not necessarily as good as some of these other role players on a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, like the Utah Jazz, we're able to throw out there the Golden State Warriors, which everything has been just melding together magically for this team. They've done an absolutely amazing job of being able to find guys that not just have ability, but at the same time, they know exactly what their role is. And that's so much of it when it comes to all forms of basketball, whether it be college basketball, like I mentioned with the Olympics, you've wound up seeing it with them. So, I mean, the list goes on and on. You always need chemistry and you need guys to be able to buy in in general. And you don't have that with the Lakers. You really don't have that with Brooklyn Nets. And on top of that with the Nets, as I wound up going through a few minutes ago, you got a team of guys that which I don't know if they're going to be able to stay healthy. And that's obviously a concern for the Lakers because at some point, someone on the Lakers is probably going to need a walker by the end of the year because they've got a whole bunch of guys that are north of 30 years old that have been just in the league for a long time in general. So you've got just a couple of broken teams there that you're finding towards the top of the odds board. And that means that you're able to find juicy prices on a lot of these other teams. Like for instance, the Utah jazz, they just continue to lurk out there right now. DraftKings at 14 to one might be fluctuating a little bit based on the book that you're looking at. They're a team that they're able to provide you a little bit of value. 
the Chicago Bulls are a team that they are going to be healthy when it comes time for the postseason. When you wind up getting out there, all of your pieces like Lonzo Ball and company, and they're able to get a little bit of time in before the postseason, you're probably not going to see the 25 to ones that you're seeing right now. So I do think that you've got yourself a golden opportunity right now, actually, when it comes to the futures board in the NBA, because you've got a bunch of overpriced teams that they're sold on stars, but not necessarily current abilities. So I do think that that is going to be interesting to take a look at here in the next few weeks and moving forward. And moving forward, we've got a lot of college basketball to break down for Sunday. We're going to start breaking that, that down next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Getting ready to watch a big game. We want to make sure that VSIN is part of your plans on championship weekend. We'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on VSIN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year. So make your plans now to join VSIN, the sports betting experts, before, during, and after the action. Right here on VEASAN.com. It's a Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. And when it comes to the biggest game of the year, I don't think, unfortunately, they're talking about Akron versus Miami of Ohio that is going to be coming up for Sunday. I would consider it to be a big game, but I think that there are many that would disagree. And it's what I always say on this show. It doesn't matter what you're betting on, whether it be the Super Bowl, whether it be Duke versus North Carolina, or if it winds up being some Metro Atlantic action that we're going to be having on Sunday there is always money to be made. So how about if we start diving into the card? And when it comes to the DK Nation pick that I wind up giving out every single day, we'll be hitting that at 11 o'clock p.m. Pacific. If you're looking Eastern time, that is 2 a.m. So it's coming up in about 15 or so minutes. So be sure to be able to take a look there. If you cannot make it at 11 p.m. Pacific, I will refresh it at the end of the show as well. So we've got you covered there. But how about if we wind up starting out at the top of the college basketball betting board for this Sunday? This will begin with... 835-836. Providence hits the road. They're going to be facing off against Georgetown. The Hoyas are finding themselves as an underdog in this spot. If anywhere between 6.5 and, and 7 points, pretty much seeing a 50-50 split between 6.5 and, and 7s. And your Trollons game, you're going to be finding it anywhere between 145.5 and, and 146. When it comes to this spot, I am actually going to be taking a look at an under, which is something that I don't often do in Georgetown games, but you do have a Providence bunch that they do a great job of being able to take 
the air out of the ball when it comes to their tempo. This is a team that, when it comes to possessions per game, they're right around 300th in all of college basketball. This is a team that they look to play very slow, very methodically. Coming in today, 288th. This will be recalibrated a little bit based on the games that we wind up seeing on Saturday. So it might vary a little bit from this. Georgetown is a team that they do a relatively solid job of being able to pump up the tempo. But I do think that when it comes to matchups like this, because we did wind up seeing this game actually get played a couple weeks ago, you do want to be sort of taking a look at what wound up happening in game number one and what is going to be, I guess you call it sustainable, and what is going to be something in which you sit there and say, that's an outlier. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be happening in this game as well. Something that I don't think is going to be happening, which we wound up seeing in game one, is that Georgetown wound up going absolutely bonkers from three-point range. They wound up going 13 of 23 from distance in that game, including making 13 out of their last 21 three-pointers. That is a big reason why this game wound up going very easily over the total. This was a game in which it was 83 to 75, and you also take a look at Providence. They were able to do a solid job in the game overall, but they were unable to cover despite the fact that they wound up going 20 of 22 from the free throw line. Georgetown, they went 10 of 11, and that's a big reason why I do take a look at this total under, because I mean, both of these teams, they just went scorched earth. They couldn't wind up missing anything in this game. And I do think that home court is a little bit more meaningful, especially when it comes to these earlier games. You've got a Providence team that they're going to have to hit the road. They're going to have to go to Washington, D.C. in this one. So that is something that winds up getting factored in. And the early start time, it does play a little bit with my handicap. It's not like you take a total from like 150 and you drop to like 140 or anything like that. That would be a little bit extreme, but you shade it down a point, maybe a point and a half, just because keep in mind, these are guys that they're going to be between the ages of 18 and 23 years old, which means that, well, you're probably going to be finding a lot of tired guys. Even if you were someone that in college, you were able to get up at like 6 a.m. There are many of us, I raise my hand, that if I had to get up early on a weekend, I'd be very, very groggy. Sometimes I'd add a couple too many beverages. I don't think we're going to be finding that with these gentlemen over there at Providence at Georgetown. I'm just talking for myself personally, but that also is reflected in the student body as well. So that is always something that you do want to be taking a look at because, well, let's just call it what it is. Early start time with regards to a lot of these kids. I think that they might get off to a little bit of a slow start, but when it comes to the Georgetown team itself, you do have a trio of guys that they average between 13 to 14 and a half points per game. Donald Carey, Amino Muhammad, and then you're able to throw in there Caden Rice. And when it comes to Carey and Rice, both of these guys shoot north of 40% from three-point range. And Georgetown, the one thing that you're able to give this team credit for is that they're one of the better three-point shooting teams in all of college basketball. This is actually an offense that is relatively solid as they shoot about 38% from three-point range. You take a look at this Georgetown team, and the turnovers are a little bit rampant, but they're also much better at home than they are on the road as well. They're scoring 10.2 points more per 100 possessions when they are at home rather than on the road. And this is a Providence bunch that you do give them quite a bit of credit because they have been able to overcome just so many things that a lot of people have thrown at them. And I know that there are some people that are saying that this Providence team is, and I air quotes here, lucky and things like that. And have they gotten a little bit of the benefit of some good fortune? I would say so. But at the same time, as they always like to say, you create your own luck as well. But when it comes to Providence, what you've got to be taking a look at is the numbers themselves. They're 97th in the country when it comes to points scored on a per-possession basis. They always seem to be at their best when they are able to play a little bit more of a slow and controlled tempo. And this is a defense that you wound up seeing it in the first matchup. It wasn't necessarily sharp because they were in full control of that game. They wound up getting up, I 
think it was 13 to nothing before Georgetown actually wound up scoring a point. And then from there, it was actually Georgetown that wound up outscoring Providence after they wound up having that early outburst. So that has to be a little bit of a concern. Providence hasn't necessarily traveled the best as on a points on a per 100 possession basis, they're scoring about 10 and a half points fewer per 100 when they are on the road rather than at home. So a little bit of an issue there. And this is a Georgetown team that with Amino Muhammad, he's able to give you seven and a half rebounds per game. You got to figure that Providence is going to be able to own the paint. No, Horkler has been able to give you 10 points, seven boards. He shoots 40% from three point range. And then you've got Nate Watson who's able to give you five and a half boards. Bob and I has been able to do a solid job. And heck, I talk about things that are maybe from game one, not necessarily sustainable to game two. How about Ed Crossball in that first game? He came off the bench. He went seven to seven from the floor with 15 points. Ed Crossball is a nice player. I mean, God bless him for transferring from LaSalle to Providence and having success. But that's something that I just don't think is going to be able to replicate itself. Meanwhile, with Georgetown, got to feel like this team is going to be able to come out with a little bit of fight. They have been not necessarily so stellar to say the least when it comes to Big East play. I would actually put them... That last, with regards to the Big East, I guess you call it hierarchy, power rankings, what have you, because when DePaul winds up having Jamal Freeman Liberty out there, they're actually relatively solid. So, I mean, it's been a long year for Georgetown, but I think that they come out with a little bit of fight. It always goes back to the mentality that I say as well. You're not betting on teams. You're betting on numbers, and the number I want to make it for this game myself is six. Anything north of six, it was going to be a take for me on Georgetown. I'm obviously going to be taking a look at a seven before I'd be taking a look at a six and a half, but... I'm willing to take the points here when it comes to Georgetown. With regards to the total, we've been seeing it go up a little bit more. I think it's probably going to go even further. I want to say my total at 144. I do think that Providence is going to try to come out, and they're going to try to come out with a little bit more of their defensive zeal, unlike we wound up seeing in game number one. I think that things are going to be a little bit slowed down, and first time these two teams wound up matching up, I literally nothing would wind up not going into the rim. You could just throw it up backwards, blindfolded, and somehow, some way, the ball was going to be going into the basket, and I think we're going to see a little bit of a reversal of that. So we're going to be taking a look at the under in the spot, and I'm taking a look at the points when it comes to Georgetown. We've also got another early matchup between power conference teams. How about if we go 837-838? The Ohio State University is going to be playing us to Maryland. Maryland is finding themselves as a 9-9.5 point underdog, and you're telling us game, you're going to be finding a range here. Anywhere between 138 and here at Circuit, you're finding really the high watermark of a 139 and a half. And when it comes to the spot, I do think that you're going to see another under in this game. I want to say my total at a 136 and a half. I think that a team like Maryland is very intriguing to take a look at because with Maryland, they wound up having their coaching change midseason with Mark Turgeon being out of the fold. Now you've got Danny Manning. And with Danny Manning, he has been running a little bit more of an up-tempo Maryland style. And with that as well, Eric Ayala has been able to really take over for Maryland. Ayala is a guy that overall for the year has been able to average 15 and a half points per game. But ever since Manning wound up getting there, it's been more around 17 to 18 points per game. So he has been at his best there. Now you did notice that Kuda Swab was pretty much in the doghouse for lack of a better term for Maryland a little bit earlier in the season. He's been able to see some good minutes recently has had six plus rebounds in each of the last two games. They're going to need that because you've got a guy in EJ Liddell who is one of the most dominant forces in all of college basketball, giving you 19 points, seven boards, three blocks, shoots 40% from three-point range. And then Ben Malachi Branham do a solid job as well. Overall is averaging 10.5 points per game, but eight plus points. And now eight of the team's last 11 games, he's really been able to come on strong for this team. He's had Zach Key be able to do a relatively solid job, but we've also seen Maryland have played a little bit better recently. They're one of just two teams to be able to knock off Rutgers at the rack this season. The other team was Lafayette, ironically enough, 
So that shows you just how crazy things have been. While teams like Michigan State and Purdue have lost there, Maryland, they were able to get the job done. They were able to get the win. But I do think that Maryland is going to be able to stay in this game because they do a good job of not hurting themselves. They do shoot in the pocket of about 75% of the free line. They turn the ball over 12 times per game. And then you take a look at this Ohio State team, and you do have some good frontline talent, but at the same time, they're not necessarily Blazers themselves. They rank right around 250th with regards to possessions per game. I wound up saying my total at 136.5. I'm taking a look at the under. With Ohio State, made them an 8.5 point favorite, so won't take 9 plus with Maryland. Coming up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience, going to be taking a look at Sunday's college basketball action, and I'm going to be giving you guys what I'm going to be dishing out for DK Nation. That is up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience, right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.